Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Gays on Film, the podcast where we... A pair of gays talk about what we're watching. I'm Declan. And I am Ned. And in this episode, we're going to talk about Thor Love and Thunder. So, we've only got one film that we're talking about, because we're going to try an episode where we just do one. Because we think that you listening to it is kind of not reliant. If you listen to one with three films, you the best thing to do is to see all three. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. But with this, more people might have seen this, and with it being a blockbuster, then we thought it was a good idea. Yeah. And we can keep the episodes nice and varied, can't we? Yeah. And because of the whole interconnectedness, I'm laughing at my notes, where it actually says interconnected space-ness of the MCU, there's a lot to talk about, um, and I just feel like it's a good excuse to have a deep dive into what we thought. So there will probably, well, there will be spoilers Definitely. in this episode, 100%. Lots more than last time, I think. Yes, so because, you know, yeah, we can't hit the detail that we care mm. about without getting into spoilers. So if you are a Marvel fan, um, I would highly suggest that you see Thor Love and Thunder before you listen to this. Mm. But it's not going anywhere, the episode, so you can get back to it whenever you want. Yeah? Yeah, proceed with caution, I suppose. If we're a bit off our game, I feel like every episode... Well, it's only the second. Mine was... First episode, I felt off my game because it was post-Covid for me. Yeah, yeah. And then today, Leeds is hotter than... The surface of the sun. Yes. So, um, we left recording till quarter past nine on an evening thinking it would be cooler. Mm. And I think Leeds is still 31 degrees, so... Oh, I need to crack open my drink. Oh yeah, it's like ASMR. Oh, We've nice. had a, we had a suggestion from Ned's mum. Shout out, if you listen Hi, to this mom. one, um, that we should crack beers open. But we're not that quite adventurous tonight. We've got lychee Rubicon. Yeah, Rubicon. Yeah. Keep it soft for the school nights. Yeah, exactly. So shall we get into trailer trash or treasure? Yes, let's. So trailer trash or treasure is where we discuss if a trailer. Is trash or treasure? <laughs> TTT. <laughs> and <laughs> basically, we have to. The, the, the only rule is it has to have come out in the seven days before we record. Mm. Because that means that we might actually get some trashy ones in the future because only they won't be tra- reliant no, on No, it's not like, oh, three weeks ago, that one came out. I really want to discuss that. We yeah. have to go in the last week. Like, oh, I would love to do Avatar 2, but it's been out ages, so we can't. Yeah. Maybe when Avatar 1 is re-released in September, <laughs> we can do a little segment where we discuss what our hopes are for Avatar 2. Perhaps. We can do what we like, it's ours. It is ours. Yeah. 
So this week we went for The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Mm. Full trailer. We had a teaser earlier in the year, um, but this is the kind of full shebang. Two and a half, three minutes. I love the trip. I would say it was treasure for me. Mm-hmm. But I am very, very nervous about this series, unfortunately. Why? Because The Lord of the Rings, to me, <laughs> is like peak at the top of my list. I quote it all the time. I well, love you always it. say it's what got you into cinema. It, it is. It? The Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, those big franchises when mm. I was young and used to be so excited to go to the movies, mm. were exactly what I used to have the extended editions on DVD. I used to spend like four and a half hours watching one of them on a, on a Sunday. I used to watch all the, like, how they were made, which was fascinating. And it just scares me that this will not live up to that. Well, they've pumped loads of money into it. They have, it. they have. I think this is like one of the most expensive TV shows ever made. Although I think quite a lot of the budget actually just went on buying the rights in the first place. Oh yeah, yeah, true, yeah. They have got a five season kind of timeline narrative apparently planned out. Second season's already started filming. Oh, so, I hope the first is good then. Well, you would hope that they... The thing is, if it was a normal TV channel, mm. the fact that they're going with a second season already mm. would mean that they've got some confidence. But with streaming, you can be a little bit less risk-averse, I think. What's it coming out on? Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. So, you can... We'll say, oh, well, we think it's alright, and loads of people are going to watch it, so let's do season two regardless. Yeah. So... Normally, if you think, oh, it's got a second season order, it must be good. And it still doesn't mean it's it's any good. If it has been expensive, it's more expensive. What am I trying to say? I don't know. You know, when you do two of one thing, it's less expensive than doing two things separately. Ah, but I've oh, got a bit of tea on that. Ooh, okay. First season filmed in New Zealand. That's a tick. Because mm. Lord of the Rings is Back New Zealand. Roots. Yeah. But the second season of Move Production to the UK, which is a bit... I'm not sure how I feel about that. That doesn't mean... They've got still, some gorgeous countryside. I know, it doesn't mean they won't still do kind of like the exterior shots as if it looks like New Zealand, mm. but then the actual filming will be... In the studio. In the studio. Yeah. Um, but that was a bit like, mm, I'm not sure about that. One of the other main ticks for me is that Howard Shaw is back, or at least in talks, but I think he will be back... Um, to rec- compose the music. Mm-hmm. And the Lord of the Rings score is one of the best ever. Oh. So if he's like, yeah, I'll do it, that's like a, a sign of confidence. But what I liked about the trailer is I didn't really know what it was about. Yeah, I quite liked it. Without coming from it with your depth of perspective, because mm. I've, I've not sort of grown up around Lord of the Rings in the same way that you have, um, I think the trailer, it looks... Nice and fantastical, which I'm always a fan of in the fantasy world, obviously. Mm. Um, It didn't give anything particularly away, but I think it looks like it's going to be some pretty high-stakes drama going on, so I could get into it. For me, it was was trailer treasure. Yeah. Mm. So it says, it begins during a time of relative peace and covers all of the events 
the major events of Middle Earth's Second Age, mm. the forging of the Rings of Power, the rise of the Dark Lord Sauron, the fall of the island kingdom of Numenor, and the last alliance between elves and men. So if they do it right, it will be amazing. And I'm sure we'll probably recap on this podcast. I imagine so. If it lasts that long. Yeah. The podcast, that is. Please listen. No, because that's what you said last time about <laughs> a film that came out in, like, October. And I thought, well, I hope it lasts that long. I hope we don't just think, oh, no, thanks, that quickly. Um, but, yes, very excited. It's out fair... Well, I always think when you're in summer, when you say September date, it feels like it's ages away. Because it's a whole new season. But it's not. No. Time so I think fly. it's out on the 2nd of September... Episodes will be released on a weekly basis on Amazon Prime. Don't know if they'll give yeah. us like two or three episodes to start because sometimes Amazon do that, but yeah. we shall see. Maybe on the 2nd of September I shall still be recovering from a birthday hangover too. Oh yeah, maybe. A nice way to ease me into the autumn. And it hasn't got a lot of people that I know in it either. Just to just quickly... Go on. It felt like we Flash were nearly through. done, but like the only person I recognise is Lenny Henry, which is interesting can, uh, casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only other person on the list is Morford Clark, who was in that reeling, batshit, crazy horror film, St. Maud. Oh, I never got to see that one. I felt I have never... One of those films that was like, oh my God. Was it like... Malignant level batshit crazy. Malignant was silly. Silly. This wasn't silly. Okay. This was like high concept. Makes you feel um. a bit, bit, oh, not kind of. <laughs> I didn't want to swear because I know parents listen. <laughs> no, but I'm not bothered. Um, but yeah. So she's in it as Galadriel. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see um, how it goes, but definitely a trailer treasure yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah. I remain open-minded to a whole fantastic world of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Shall we move on to Thor, Love and Thunder? Yeah. I think we need to get better at segues, don't we? I would like to. How would I have segued into Thor, Love and Thunder? I don't know. I feel like they have to just come organically. Was anyone from Thor, Love and Thunder in Lord of the Rings films? I don't think so. No. 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 Let's not force it. No, let's not. They should come easy segues, really, though, yeah. shouldn't they? Like a fart. Oh, wow. If you have to force it, it's probably shit. <laughs> right. And with that, full love and thunder. Are you ready to do the premise, or would you like me to do the premise? I've got a premise kind of prepped. If you've got a premise kind of prepped, Meaning for I'll Love and Thunder's Wikipedia page is in front of me. Of course it is. But I could have done this regardless. Let me try. So, Thor, is, Thor Love and Thunder is the sequel to Thor Ragnarok and is the 29th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is that all? Yep. <laughs> Catch up, guys, if you haven't. <laughs> um, the film is directed by Taika Waititi, who also fought... Um, directed the previous instalment. Um, in the film, Thor attempts to find inner peace, but must return to action and recruit Valkyrie Korg and his ex-girlfriend, Jodie Foster. Sorry, Jane Foster, who is now the mighty Thor. Jane Fonda. Fonda? Who did I say? Jodie Foster? Yeah, I think they make both jokes in it. Do they? Mm. 
Do they? Yeah. I remember Jed. You remember one, but not the other. It yeah. Was Jane Fonda and Jodie Foster. Oh, that was one of the many unfunny jokes in the film. The um, first was funny. Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda was yeah. funny. Okay. Who is now the mighty Thor to stop Gore, the god butcher, from eliminating all gods. So before we get into our review, what were your... You know, what did you expect going into it? I knew two things, really, that were sort of informing my expectations. It followed on from Ragnarok, which was quite a funny instalment of Thor. Yeah. And it was directed by Taika Waititi, uh-huh. who directed quite a funny instalment of Thor. Yeah. So I had, I think, reasonable but measured expectations for Thor 4. Thor 4, Thor 4. Um, but I, don't, I think I tried to stay as open-minded as possible, really. Because the last few Marvel films that I've had amazing expectations for have fallen way too short. So I was like determined not to want too much from Thor Love and Thunder. Um, and if it's not too soon to say, I'm glad I didn't. Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't get much from Thor Love and Thunder in the end. I don't think it's too soon to say because my review is going to start right at the end of the film. <laughs> um, not... Ignoring post-credit scenes, because we'll get to them later. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But the final frame of the film, I think, is meant to make you feel all the warm and fuzzies. Thor has kind of got an adopted daughter, mm-hmm. Ingor's daughter, yeah. Love. And all I could think of when the credits rolled was, well, I do not feel what I think this film wanted me to feel. No. So then is that is an issue. Mm. And I also think Taika always kind of treads this tonal tight rope. Is yeah. that what I would call it? That's yeah. what you've said before. I did, didn't I? Eternal I repeat to myself, rope. but I didn't say it on the podcast. So. No, I mean, that's the phrase you use. Well, you count when it's on the microphone. Oh. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it just left me really cold mm. and really disappointed because Marvel's marketing is always amazing, so you always think it's going to be the most amazing film ever. Mm. And it wasn't for me. On that note, marketing, thinking back, it's just come to me. People were concerned that they were not releasing trailers for a lot of time. They didn't. And I think it got to the shortest number of days Between. between trailer release and cinematic release, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And to be honest... I can see why people are concerned. Not something you've got great confidence in, is it? Well, there's a lot going in. There's a lot of talk on Twitter. And, and this film is really getting a bashing, I will say. Really, really, mm. people aren't. It got, in America, they do this thing called a cinema score, where they poll people when they come out of the cinema, what mm. they thought of it. Yeah. And Thor, Love and Thunder got a B plus, which is really not that great at all. Not many blockbusters get a B plus. Um, as an example, ones that very rarely get A pluses. I think Top Gun Maverick got an A plus. I think Spider Man No Way Home got an A plus. Yeah. 
Um, I think Shang-Chi got an A. So mm. it's like people aren't particularly very warm on this film. Yeah. It's had a massive, massive drop in its second weekend box office, which mm-hmm. normally means that the Marvel fans will always go in the first weekend regardless of what the studio puts out. But then once word of mouth gets out there... So if all those Marvel fans enjoy it and go out and tell normal people, oh, Thor's normal really good. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the average yeah. The average person will think, oh, I might go see that. But if it's got weak word of mouth, that's when you tend to see a massive drop in the second weekend. Yeah. And it's only probably looking at about a 600 to 700 million uh, worldwide gross, which is a lot of money, but quite low for Oh, yeah, when you look at the numbers coming universe. through some, some of the biggest films recently, that's... Yeah. It's not... Pales in comparison, really. Yeah, yeah. And I have never... I know we're not getting into technicalities just quite yet, but I actually can't remember the last time I was so disappointed in a Marvel film. Ever. MCU, I mean, not the others. Yeah. Not the silly Spider-Man spin-off type stupid ones that they put out. What was that, Venom? Like, Venom. But I went in with that with zero expectations anyway. But if I look at kind of all the Marvel films, I wouldn't say I have been that disappointed. I literally... It's a shame, really, because I did a whole Marvel rewatch last year. um, And they tracked better and better and better as I think Marvel settled into creating the universe. And then it seems like it's lost its momentum a little bit. Well, we always knew there were going to be a certain quality. Yeah. And I think Black Widow was... It was okay. I know I we're getting into Black a Widow. wider kind of phase four thing. Yeah. Shang-Chi is definitely my favourite. from, And I mean, Spider-Man 3 was amazing for what it had in it. Mm. But Shang-Chi to me was a really, really good film. And I really enjoyed it. Eternals, I've warmed up on. Mm-hmm. But when I first watched it, I thought the best thing about that was the trailers. <laughs> um, yeah. And because they were shown for a long time. Yeah, Eternals is one of them that I got really, really excited for. Yeah. And then was let down. And I don't think I would have felt as let down had I not got so excited for it. Yeah. I just can't, just, just looking at the list, I can't actually remember when I would have been as disappointed in a Marvel film. because Obviously overlooking The Incredible Hulk. Oh yeah, but that's like nearly like over ten years ago <laughs> now anyway. But like Ant Man films that. aren't that great, especially the second one. But like I would say, Ant Man isn't something I go in with all the highest expectations well, of I think anyway. When you get to a super a superhero called Ant Man, yeah, if you have high expectations, that is on you. Yeah, really. Shall we try and do some positives first, then? Actual aspects of the film. Aspects. <laughs> Is this a segue? Did you like it? I did, yeah. Chris Hemsworth's, namely. Quite... Peachy. Peach. Quite small. Looks firm. Fir- oh, I'm sure it's firm. Not to objectify. No. No. That makes me laugh. I've just thought of Jinx Monsoon in this week's All Stars. That's what it's just made me think of. Which, if you don't watch Drag Race, you won't get that reference. Um, but, yeah, he looks very strong. Mm. And it's, I'm glad it, they included that, that in the part trailer. of your back. I'm pointing to my 
Iberico hand bits in my back here. Iberico hand. That's what, when I always put a bit of weight on here, I always bit... think it's like is deltoids, it... is it? No. He just looked, he had a really strong back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like think, when yeah. you lift your arms up and you've got mm. like. Almost... I think they were wise to put that in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. With his little peach blurred out. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, when he lifts his arms, he almost looks like a sugar glider. <laughs> got wings. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're so big. So there's that, which yeah. is silly to that say that. That took a lot of work. A high point. Well, he lost all that weight. Did he? Do you not get the joke? He was fat for, wasn't he, when the film started? Oh, yeah. But that See? was brushed over very quickly. Yeah. Like, yeah. The jokes just didn't land. No. Really. I'm looking for some positives in the notes I've made. Um, 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 what have I got? Okay, I've got one. Go on. Um, I liked the visuals and the colour palette, which I thought were really cool. Yeah. Um, I loved the black and white fight in the Shadow Realm with the little touches of colour. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, that like, Zeus's bolt was always yellow. Yeah, I found that really effective. Thor's lightning was blue, but the rest of it was all, like... I mm. thought that was quite cool mm. and not kind of... In a universe could, that can get quite samey-samey, mm. you know, a big CGI fight, I thought that was quite interesting to look at. Yeah. Um, what else have I got? I thought, quite divisive, especially in my family, but I thought Russell Crowe's Zeus was actually quite funny. Oh, I didn't like it. It was his little walk down the steps, which I thought was quite hammy and funny. I just... I got why Zeus had a Greek accent, obviously, being a Greek god. Yeah. He's Greek, isn't he, not Roman? Yeah. 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 Um, but it, it felt a bit like he was taking the piss rather than But that's being the film, Zeus. isn't it? This one yeah, I mean. I know, but it it just, didn't strike that balance of it just taking of... the piss out of its, like... There's been in on the joke. It felt like it was punching down in some aspects. Yeah, yeah. Where I don't think that kind of humour really is funny anymore. Yeah. I just think it... But it, maybe that's a tiny detail, to be honest. Russell Crowe's accent in it. It Well, what was so good about Ragnarok is... it. it I'm talking about that tonal tightrope... Because Thor, the first two Thor films took themselves too seriously for what the character is. Yeah. The character has this, like, pomposity and just absurdness. And Taika, like, lent into that yeah. and almost found the joke in that. Maybe Whereas it's, it's just gone far too far the other side for me now. Yeah. Like, totally too Thor, far. Thor, as a character, has always had a good sense of humour. Not Even... in the first two films, though. Do you not think? No. I think it took it. I thought the, took sense the character of... far too seriously. But I, that's what I found funny about Thor. That's why Thor was my favourite Avenger. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Um, but what other positives have I got whilst we're on it? I think that's it. Um... Oh, I do. Talking of Thor, I do like Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. think he seems so comfortable with the character now. It's like well, how second long's he nature. Been doing a role? Like About 10, 10 years. Yeah. Ish. More. More. 
Yeah, I think did the first star come out in twenty ten, so it was probably filming two thousand and nine, if yeah. not before. Um, Bithar. Bithar. <laughs> um, and <laughs> he seems very comfortable with the character, but he almost feels like he's not even acting anymore. He's that comfortable with it in a way, which I quite like. Yeah, I mean it's blockbuster acting, so it doesn't exactly have to be like you know. Well, no, that's quite reductive to say, but you know what I mean. He's not having to put an Oscar-winning performance in. What do you mean? I went right round the houses with that point, and I've totally lost you. <laughs> I meant, like... <laughs> you can see it in the eye. Yeah, I can. Um, I meant, like, you know, it's not. he's not having to act very much. And then I said, because oh, well, that's so fine well in a blockbuster, but then I feel like then I dissed blockbusters because sometimes people do really act very well in blockbusters. Mm. Well, just um, because you don't feel like... Maybe it's one of those where because you don't see him or feel him acting, it's because he's doing a really good job. Because he becomes the role and doesn't have to act. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, other I've run out I of positives if you want to I turn. like Valkyrie I think don't Valkyrie think she does. was wasted though yeah but I like her oh I like her yeah well that's what was going to get to one of the LGBT representation bits should we get into that now uh, yeah I think so I was going to put representation as a positive but then I thought about it too much and it's not quite as... It wouldn't have been as bad that in all this lead-up, and I mean, I'm talking years of lead-up, hmm. Tyker has quite openly said that Valkyrie is bisexual. And she is, I guess. I because it was referenced... Yeah, she is. Yeah. And it was referenced in the film just by using a, a female pronoun. I think Korg said she about your girlfriend. You split up with your girlfriend. Yeah. But, like, we were almost baited thinking, like, Valkyrie. We were told in in stuff that Valkyrie was going to find her queen. Yeah. Nada. Nothing. No no queens to be seen. And people are saying there's a longer cut of this film, but then Tyker's then said, there is, but there's a reason it's not in there. It's because I didn't like it and it wasn't very good. And I feel like if they had actually filmed Valkyrie... If they'd even filmed it, I think they would have included it. Yeah. So I don't think it even happened, Valkyrie. I don't even think that was a storyline. And it's really starting to piss me off now that they promise LGBT representation, but they tiptoe around it. What did we get? We got a very light kiss on the hand, a fleeting glance between two women, and... I didn't even notice the fleet. Are you on about the woman whose hand she kissed? Or another woman. Or another bit. I can't oh, remember I exactly even, when it fell. I've but, seen it twice and I didn't even clock that. Um, and then the only other bit, I think, is that Korg species make babies in same-sex relationships. Which is so stupid. Which, I mean... It's fine. But it's like... It's hardly like we can sell this to the queer market promising queer content. Yeah. And... That's what you get. Because a bunch of rocks hold hands and the lava produces a baby. Yeah. It's like, just use a human who's in a relationship, in a same-sex relationship. I'm trying to think now. 
So I remember there was that bing moment about Avengers Endgame. Oh my god, it's got to get a character in, it's got to get a character in. And all it was was one of the Russo brothers sat round in like a, what looked like an air meeting, but it was a blip counselling meeting that Captain America went to. Oh, right. And he just said, my my boyfriend or oh, husband yeah. has gone. Yeah. We did get, in fairness actually, we did get some in Eternals. I was going to say, Eternals yeah. had, nice, yeah. had nice we did. gay representation yeah. there. I liked it. But um, but didn't you quite like the a positive was gender roles? Do would you like to discuss that about the film? Yeah, uh, I said it at the time, and I can't really remember everything that I said. I like that Valkyrie is the king yeah. of the place of New Asgard. That's nice because um, it makes it more of a title than a what you actually are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, feels like you can earn your way to it rather than exist your way to it. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. Um, I think that... And then other than, yeah, Korg's species being same-sex lava hand-holding, that's all I got. Yeah. Did I say anything else when we came out of the cinema? I thought it was more like also the the kind of gender stereotypes of Natalie Portman being mighty Thor and being on the same level as Thor. I thought that's what you meant as well, or not. Might not have been, you might have just it might have been. It might have been, but it obviously hasn't stuck in my mind long enough to make it from the exit of the cinema to this recording, so... Can't have been that great. Sorry, listeners. Mm-hmm. That mystery will remain a mystery. If it comes in the post edit, we'll I'll slot it in, but I don't know if it will because I'm editing tonight anyway. So. Well, um, oh, I did like. So this is for me. Are you done with positives? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you give it two and a half star. Not to like give the it away, but like you seem more up on it than and I. I give it two. You said after your second viewing that you might have given it two and a half. I feel like this review sounds like we're going to give it one. <laughs> the way we've talked about well, it. We might, well, the cat's out of the bag now. Yeah. Two and a half from me. Yeah, two from me. Mm. So, but this is going to be a segue into good to bad, okay? Okay. Good. I liked Christian Bale's performance as Gore. But he was criminally underused. Yeah. I'll tell you my least favourite thing about how his story arc progressed. Go on. Was that it obviously set up that he was on a revenge quest against the gods because his daughter died. Yeah. And then he didn't mention his daughter the entire time, and then all of a sudden there she is at the end and you're supposed to care about her. Oh, right, I felt like she was thrown away as a serious plot point. Yeah. And if she was going to be brought back in at the end, there should have been something to sew that thread through, but there wasn't. It just was like, oh, I forgot he had a daughter by the end of it. But wasn't there? Didn't he say, wasn't he attacking somebody and saying about his daughter? And he had that. Because I found his motives were actually quite fleshed out. Oh, that didn't land with me. Because for me, there's only been a few Marvel villains that have actually got kind of, They're not just a bad guy. Thanos. Mm. Um, 
Killmonger in Black Panther. Mm. He had that kind of brother yeah. kind of. He had motivation, and I did think Gore had more. I just think he. No, d- yeah. It felt rushed, wrong. and it could have been like. Maybe that's what I mean. Yeah, I think it could have been just a bit more. It didn't have time to develop fully. No. In order to make the ending justified. For yeah. Me. Yeah, and I feel like this is yet another sign that. Marvel's villain problem is back. What I don't understand is in an interconnected universe, mm. why can't one villain be in multiple standalones? Not just Avengers. I mean, yeah. like, why couldn't Gore? Because I'm sure in the comics, yes, Gore is a Thor villain, but I'm sure if he went against the Guardians as well, or somebody else, Spacey, Captain Marvel, or, or the Eternals, maybe, seen as though the Eternals are gods. Yeah. Are they celestial? Did you no, spot the celestials, celestials looking into Omnipotent I... City as they went through the glass? In, but I did spot there was a celestial statue head at one point that yeah. I saw. But I no. don't think I saw them looking in. Yeah. So. Where was I saying that? So I think they've got the problem back, and I think them not having a big bad again is. So we've gone from having Thanos, which was this kind of overarching. He was teased for ages. He was there. Yeah, he we knew it. No, ages. we knew he was coming. But then it was like, and you knew he was like kind of looking for Infinity Stones, but behind the scenes of what was going on in the films. Mm. Um, and then obviously he got two films himself. Mm. And I would say that he was really part of the Avengers four. What is, I don't remember. what is four films? A quadrilogy? Yeah, I think so. Thanos was really part of it from start to finish, even though you only met him in the third, really. Yeah. Whereas Gore doesn't have that luxury. No. So maybe had he been brought in or teased a bit earlier, we might have been a bit more attached to his motives. Yeah. And, you know, we've got Kang coming, who was in Loki who's coming in Ant-Man, we think, next. And he might be the next big bad villain. What are you laughing at? Coming in Ant-Man. Ned! I knew that's what you were laughing at. Um, Sorry, Mum. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think they've got a villain problem again. Just gone in, like, two hours. You know, you've hired Christian Bale, one of Hollywood's great, like, finest actors at not the minute. Not even two hours, was it? And, like, not sure. at one hour 59, just gone. That? And talking about the villain, right, somebody else mentioned this, but I really clocked it as well. Mm. The way the film opens felt really weird to me. I liked it. It was the coldest of cold opens that you've ever seen. You think? Yeah. I thought that started it at the wrong time. Oh, I liked it. I was like, oh, I don't know what's coming next. Yeah. Um, Having said that, I think... What am I getting to now? The the start was not enough about Jane Foster. Oh, I've got that point. So I've put Mighty Thor's cancer storyline was totally rushed. Wasted. Which I think has upset some comic lovers as well because it is a massive storyline in the comic. Yeah. And quite a recent storyline. And people say it's a really good Thor comic. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. I think... They've missed a trick, 
and they could have made a six-episode series oh, yes. on Disney like Plus this point. Yeah. for the Mighty Thor and really develop that storyline because it would be emotional and hard-hitting, but familiar characters who you love. Because I, I don't know if everybody loves Jane Foster, but I do. And like all the side characters as well. I just seem, feel like they all have good banter. Yeah, Darcy was in it. Yes. And no mention who of what hilarious. happened in WandaVision. No. Which I know they don't have to, but like. But in a whole way, you're trying to build a universe. I know. At least like. Reference it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we Thread don't even know. This in. must be set after. I'm. I'm. I'm guessing. I assume so. Um, but I was like, wasn't she in Wanda's vision field as well? Wasn't she? Didn't she actually go into the hex? I swear she did. Oh, did she? I'm not sure. Didn't they all end up going in? I can't remember now, it's a long time since I watched WandaVision. Um, But yeah, um, and Taika's humour felt off from the start. It was a really strange experience because I felt like I should have been laughing, but I wasn't. 20 minutes in, you turned to me and said, I've not heard you laugh once. And I said, has it been funny? But it... And there was joke after joke after joke, and I didn't laugh once. It maybe got a little bit of a kind of quick exhale... Yeah, it was really weird. It's like when Thor was with like them chicken people, quite funny at the beginning. Yeah, but they didn't make any any. No, I know, but then when Thor was in the splits holding the things up and with his legs. Yeah, that was maybe one of my exhales, but that was more because it was unexpected. Like, I felt like I should have been really laughing, but I just wasn't. And I was like, we haven't even gotten to the plot yet. Why do I already feel cold? It felt to me like the people there in the room when that scene became a thing were bouncing off of each other's humour and laughing and getting really stupid. You know, like you do with your pals when you have your beers. Yeah, yeah. And, like, everybody else in the room is looking at you like, nothing funny is happening right yeah, now. Yeah, But you're all having the best time. I feel like I can imagine that when they were making that scene. Yeah. Or at least cutting it. That whole first kind of... With the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Blink and you'll miss them. Yeah. Appearance. Which actually doesn't really bother me. I I never thought they were in it for long anyway, because I did actually hear set leaks that they were only on set for about seven days, which in a blockbuster is an absolutely tiny amount of filming. And if we're going to find positives where we can, I thought they were in it for the perfect amount of time to set up Thor's story. Like, make a connection between Ragnarok and here, and then send him on his merry way. Because we know Guardians 3 is coming, so we know that's happening. Yeah. And and you kind of knew that it, they were... I did just have a feeling they were going to be in it literally right at the beginning, and that's what happened. Yeah. Didn't make me think, oh, I'm really excited for Guardians 3, which is potentially in a, a problem that I'm going to get to later on at the end of the review about the MCU as a whole. Mm-hmm. But... Whilst we're still on supposedly funny things... Go on. Did you find the goats funny? I knew you were going to say that. No. No. They would have been funnier if they were just goats. Make them scream, and within four seconds I'm bored and annoyed at them. Yeah, it's almost like funny faces would have been... You know, like as the camera was panning round, and a goat was just doing something a bit silly, rather than just screaming. Yeah. Or if it had like... Opposable thumbs. 
just, just something, something weird silly that yeah. you can just have and doesn't have to be drawn attention to yeah. but having them scream meant that every time you said saw them throughout the rest of the film they had to scream and i was just like yeah it was I, silly. I was over this before it happened yeah it was fun yeah it was silly yeah it was silly, silly. and he kept pushing and pushing and pushing the joke like they screamed yeah all the time it's like when like they crashed into that planet yeah scream fade and i was like Right. right, okay, I'm over this now. It's yeah. just a bit, a bit much. Another joke that was well, way overdone, his relationship between him, Mjolnir, and Stormbreaker. Oh, yeah. What was that all about? Like, talking to the Hammer. As if she's like an Alex, an Alex Jess, a jealous ex. But uh, an Alex Jess, mm. wow. But I think that plot point needed to be into it because... I. When he said something about... He told me all near to look after Jane or something. Yeah. So that had to be in it to make the story about how why the hammer came to Jane. Yeah, that's I'm fine. sure there was other ways they could have written that story, though. Because quite often you hear that, that Marvel writers, really... like... They write them... There's so much going on that they kind of write themselves into a corner. Yeah. And then they have to kind of just find a way back out. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, which I, I may... think's really cool, but... I can imagine it being quite a difficult process, and I don't profess to be kind of withholding some amazing script that I've written, because I'm not mm. far from it. But I feel like the significance of that point where he told Mjolnir to protect Jane at all costs was poignant and important enough that the thread through the story could have been a bit of a less done trope than some love triangle that yeah. nobody really wants to see. Yeah. I feel like jealousy is not a very attractive trait in anybody no. for any reason. No. Um, Don't be jealous of a hammer. It's a bit silly, really. It is it? a bit silly. Don't be jealous of... Like, it's just... Yeah. Just You don't like that trope. No. No. Oh, one thing that was quite funny was the, the play... Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll admit I laughed at that. You did laugh at that. Yeah. So this one had Sam Neill, Matt Damon, one of the Hemsworth brothers who plays Thor, which I actually think is quite funny that they get another Hemsworth I player. I thought they Thor. looked similar. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously now we had Melissa McCarthy in this one as well. Which also made me laugh. As who? I've totally forgot who Kate Blanchett played in Ragnarok. Hella? That's it, yeah. So that was quite funny. But that also makes another point. What was Asgard? Was it meant to be a theme park? So I think it was a town where they had settled after having lost their planet. Yeah. And to get a bit of economy going, like bring it into the real life, they have capitalised on tourism, as many local areas. Well, didn't you think it was weird, though? It was like... I thought it was a fun way to bring it into the world. The villagers who were there... Yeah. Like, Asgard, the Asgardians, Asgardians are there. yeah. But then it was almost like a... Oh, I'd, yeah, I didn't... I oh, thought no, that I was liked weird that as well. I thought I that was really strange. I thought it brought kind of... Um, almost a theme of refugees finding a home in a new land and making it work for themselves. I suppose, yeah. Which, you That's know, nice. you can never knock, really, can no, you? No, you can't, no. Like, they've lost their old home planet. Yeah. 
and now they're making bag off a tourism industry. Fair player. Yeah, congrats to them. Meek made me giggle when he was drawing on the board and thought Thor told him to be quiet. Yeah. But I liked the Meek joke it, jokes in the previous film where mm-hmm. like, I think Korg was carrying him saying Meek's dead and then he wasn't dead and yeah. it was quite funny. Um, but yeah. yeah. Um, talking about going to like the villagers and you know the children were stolen. Mm. I thought the child, the children acting in that ship when they'd been stolen by Gore was horrendous. I've got a real thing for when child actors are bad. Yeah. And that is another Marvel <laughs> film in a row where we've had horrendous child actors. Those kids in Doctor Strange singing that ice cream song made me want to stab my eyes out. Oh, yeah. We yeah. want ice cream. No. I was like, get oh, me out sh- of this. Should I cast you? Ah! Oh, they probably would have done if I'd have been younger. Um, Don't think but all yeah. the makeup in the world could make you look tan. <laughs> and I think Heimdall's son wasn't very good either, unfortunately. Oh, did you not like him? No. Oh. No. I quite liked his energy. Which... I don't think I really noticed that he was a bad actor, if that's where you're going with it. No. No, it, it wasn't the worst. It was some of the kids that were screaming when Gore pulled that thing's head off. They were like, ah, oh my God. And I was like... That was scary, Declan. Was it? Put yourself in a shadow cage. No. After having been kidnapped by a god butcher. No. <laughs> wasn't for me. And I thought, this is a segue as well. Mm. The CGI on this film was really bad. <laughs> and... The worst bit was when Heimdall's head, son's head was floating. It when he transported his head back to Asgard when he was talking to Thor when he did that thing with his eyes that his dad used to do. Oh yeah. All I could think of was the Teletubby baby in the sun. Yes. That's all I could think of, and honestly, the CGI on the Teletubbies was probably better than that. There was a real problem in this film with what I think is called the grading, where there you've got actors in the foreground, yeah, and obviously you can tell the whole of the background is green screen or blue screen or whatever they use these days, yeah, and you could really tell, like really tell. Oh, it was so almost like, like you know, like when a weatherman not... used to be in front of a green screen, you mm. could tell it was like that. And you can always tell because of the overhead lighting. Because natural light doesn't cast those kind... Obviously cast shadow. But you can always tell when they're in a studio because it's like it's overhead lit. Yeah. And I thought it was really bad. And there's a few Marvel films oh. now where I thought the CGI is really bad. And You'd have thought for something as simple as where the light comes from. Didn't know. Well, I'm waiting to see what's going to happen. Because you know the technology they use on Mandalorian? The... That when they're all in the volume. Yeah. They're starting to use that on Marvel films now. So I'm wondering if that could improve it. Because they did use that on the Batman as well. And some of the scenes... I would say the CGI in the Batman, I never looked at and thought that was terrible. Mm. So, hopefully. But I think they yeah. churn out so many films. And it, I've heard reports that Marvel are really bad clients. And because Marvel, are, as again, because of the interconnectedness of Marvel... Mm. They're really often changing 
storyline so they might have a full shot that they go can that we need a completely new one so it's really hard to but I just think they need to maybe then really flesh out further in advance what the storyline is going to be yeah and then they won't potentially have as many changes as they need yeah so yeah I really did think um on that I thought Zeus's Thunderbolt Oh, you didn't like that, did you? It looked you? so cheap. Do you that think it have been was, out was of it place real? Do you think it was school, real? School or do you think, drama. Or do you think... Really? Oh, yeah, I hated it the whole time. It didn't look anything like I wanted the mighty Zeus's lightning thunderbolt thing. Do you think it should have been bigger? I don't know what I wanted from it, but it wasn't what I got. That's interesting. Mm. It is really interesting how people find different things about films. It just annoyed me. Did you have an annoyance about where the bolt went? Yes, I did. <laughs> I'll keep you on track. You'll Not that you were track. off track, but... No, so... Spoiler alert. <laughs> Thor killed Zeus. Or did he? Yeah. Obviously not, because no. the only thing that can kill a god is the... Necro sword. Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. But no, and nobody, like, everyone made a massive deal when Thor threw the lightning bolt. Thunderbolt? Lightning bolt. Lightning, I would say. It wasn't a thunder. At Zeus. No, but I think Zeus calls it. I don't know. Anyway. And everyone was like, oh my god, you killed Zeus. Obviously, he couldn't have killed Zeus. Because they've literally just finished a sentence where the only thing that can kill Zeus is a necro sword. Oh, had they? Like, the, it was part of the conversation. Why they were there was because the only thing that can kill gods is the Necro Sword. Oh, yeah. So and then, maybe... And then he went to... Oh, I don't know. It just annoyed me. Is and from there, though? I was just like... Isn't Loki cool. a god? Is god he? God of Mischief. Didn't he get adopted? But he, isn't he called the God of Mischief? Yeah, but... And he's died, like, three times in the MCU so far. Mm. So... Clearly not just the necrosword that can kill gods. But isn't Loki a god by stature but not a god by blood? Well, maybe. But even the fact that we're having to have this conversation... Means it's unclear. Which is a bad thing. Yeah. Because really no film you should really have to watch twice to understand it. Um, yeah. And also, on Zeus, he just conveniently mentioned that Gore wouldn't go to eternity... And suddenly that was the crux of the story and it was just kind of plonked in randomly and then suddenly Gore's mission was to get to Eternity. That lost me a little bit, the whole yeah. Eternity bit as well. I was like, hang on, what's happened? Why is his daughter yeah. cropped back up? And I actually yeah. had to read the plot after it and what happened was Thor... Gore sees Thor <laughs> look after mighty Thor... As she dies in his arms. Mm -hmm. And that kind of brings back some of Gore's humanity. Mm -hmm. And then Gore... And then... And then Thor's like, instead of killing the gods, why don't you use eternity to bring your daughter back? So that's the actual thing that happened. But I didn't find that all that clear. I also don't think that that was a plausible way for that conversation to go yeah because 
it's set up from the very beginning that Gore was being poisoned by the Necrosword and it would eventually kill him. And he yeah. was very aware that he was getting close to the end of his life by that scene. What should have happened is that he watched Jane die in Thor's arms after a long and very difficult love, making it a rom-com. And Gore should have seen that and thought, I'm going to save you because you've just made me find a bit of release before my death. But he instead... should have saved Mighty Thor. Yeah. Oh my God, that would have been so much but better. But instead, he saved his daughter and then was like, oh shit, actually, I'm about to die. My daughter's now an orphan and I've just brought her back. And then it set up that Thor adopted her and then, like, she just came out of nowhere and it wasn't the ending I wanted because it was sold to me as a, as a rom-com and I didn't get the rom-com ending that I was hoping for. Oh my for. God, that would have been so much better. Wouldn't it? I'd have cried if that was the ending. Yeah. I would have well, felt maybe things. Because the film might have still left me, the build-up to it wasn't yeah, great. No, fair enough. But okay. the payoff might have been better. Exactly. I would have felt things coming out of the last scene. Yeah. But I didn't, which is a shame. And you almost think sometimes of the setting up for the sake of setup, mm. rather than focus on story. Yeah, it's like they're very clearly at the minute setting up some form of Young Avengers, and it's like love going to be in that Young Avengers. Probably, but I hope so. A bit of tea. That was Chris Hemsworth's daughter, who played Love. All right. I think I read that. Sorry, you got a crap part. But, like, is she going to be in it forever now? Don't know. Is she going to be in Young Avengers? Is that going to be, like... Maybe that's why she's in it now. He's set her up with a job. Well, all I'm saying is... In this economy... The character grows quick. So yeah. it's not her. Yeah. she wasn't great either. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Well, she didn't have much to go on. She died in the first scene. Well, there was a really wooden scene at a... the end with her and Thor, and I thought it was really mm. bizarre when Thor was cooking her breakfast. Well, the thing is... Something fell off about that as well, and... The way it was cut, I don't think they were in the same room. No. I'm even more surprised to find out that they're actually related. Because if they weren't actually related, I would understand why they had no on-screen chemistry. But given that he is her actual dad, you'd have thought they'd have been able to pretend to be father and son, uh, father and daughter a little bit easier. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's a strange... I'm just trying to find if that's actually true, because I swear it is. Uh, da, 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 da. Keep talking, Ned. Keep talking. Uh, I don't actually know what I'm going to say, but I just... It's so warm in this room. <laughs> I'm dripping with sweat. Yes. 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 Hemsworth's daughter, India, okay. portrays Love, Gore's daughter. Hemsworth... I didn't even know she was called Love until I read the synopsis afterwards. Well, that's why it was called Thor, Love and Thunder. Well, I got which that, is silly. that was the last line. It was like, and love and thunder. So, obviously, I got that she was the love in Love and Thunder, but I didn't know her name well, was actually so Love. It could have been called Thor, Love and Thunder without that. Yeah. Because it was about love, supposedly. And he's the god of thunder. And he's thunder. the god of thunder. It didn't need to be. She was... Oh, yeah. Bit too on the nose. Yeah. 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 Um, and then... It was just... Mm. Yeah. A bit. And then his wife was in it as well. Was she? She played the larger female wolf that she rode. She rode the wolf, one of Thor's ex-lovers, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that scene. Yeah. Um, 
I think, other than post-credits, I'm pretty much all out of things to say. I'm just having a quick look to see if anybody has rated it Bechdel approved or not. Oh, the only other thing that I've got is, what was the point in bringing Sif back? Because she was literally in it for seconds. Yeah, and as if Sif wouldn't know that not dying in battle wouldn't get her to Valhalla. Oh yeah, you won't die in battle. You've no, died, you won't go to Valhalla, you've survived. And she's like, oh yeah, actually. I was like, none of this is funny. No. Like, literally nothing. Sif used to be really cool and badass, and in this, she just sort of came across a bit stupid and dopey. Wow. And then she wasn't in it. Wasn't she stupid and dopey and lo- Loki? They brought her back to Loki. I don't know. And I she was remember. stuck in a time loop, and she kept coming out to do something. Oh, I just, I didn't think that was real her. I thought that was just for Loki's torture. Oh, right, yeah. Well, all I'm saying is they don't use her very much in the no, MCU. No, they don't now. use her very well. Um, I also did think the visuals, talking about visuals just quickly before we get into post-credit scenes, yeah. I do think Omnipotent on Omnipotent City was quite cool, and I did quite like the name of that for the... Oh, I wish it had a better name. Oh, I quite liked the name for, for gods, like a, where all the gods hang out. Yeah, but like, Omnipotent mean give you it think cool... they're real, but you're not sure? Isn't that no, omnipotent? omnipotent means all-powerful. Oh. Well, it's not funny then. What's the one where it's like you're unsure? Agnostic. No. No. That's not what I'm thinking about. Omnipotent meaning. Oh, right, okay. Oh, well, did that you not believe funny. me? No, I didn't. I did. I just wanted to see the proper definition. Well, no. And I thought the barrel god was stupid. That little bow bone. That did get a smile out of me, embarrassingly. Did it? it was a shit joke. But I saw it and Spanta. I smiled. That's what it is. It's yeah. all shit banter. Shit Spanta. crack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Well, we've been, we've been recording for nearly an hour. Oh, well, we best cover the post-credits. We best. So, I'd heard a rumour that a popular actor from a big TV show was going to make his um, MCU debut very soon. Oh, yeah, okay. And then, all of a sudden, pops up Brett Goldstein, who, if those are his diddies, are very big. <laughs> his diddies? Mm. <laughs> he doesn't look like that in Ted Lasso. I um, but, interesting setup. I liked that post-credit scene. I know you didn't like the fact that Zeus was alive, because you thought he was stupid. No, I didn't mind that he was alive, but he hadn't been killed in the first place. That's what was stupid. But it does provide the perfect setup for him to go off and send Hercules on a mission. And in the comics, I think Hercules and Thor's relationship is quite a fun one. It's like Hercules isn't quite... Uh, it's not like true villain. It's kind of quite a funny dynamic, I think, they've got. I like so I think, true, like an anti-hero. Yeah, and I think Brett Goldstein could be really good at that. And I actually right. think him up against Hemsworth, which I'm sure Hemsworth is coming. It did actually say at the end, Thor will return. It did. Which Tag has annoyed me about as well, because he's putting loads of stuff out at the minute saying, that surprised me. So the more I think about it, I don't feel like Tag has been that involved in post-production. I feel like maybe Marvel saw the end product and thought, well, we've got plans for Thor, but we can't have Taika back after this shit show. Oh, see, I think Taika will be back. Oh. I think Taika will get his, trilo- his Thor trilogy. Well, he best redeem himself with the next one. Yeah. 
Because yeah. he did well with Ragnarok. Yeah. He did not do well with no. Thunder. No. Um, the second uh, post-credit. post-credit scene, I hope no goes no further, but I'm sure it will. I already disagreed with the ending and therefore thought that it was a pointless scene because she shouldn't even be dead. Uh, right, okay, so, from what you've said. Yeah, I mean... Her acting... If that is the end of Jane Foster's story, then fine, I'm happy to leave it at that. But it'll always be a little bit sour for me because she should have been wished back to life by Gore. Maybe the trilogy of Tiger's films will make sense one day. Yeah, maybe we'll look back at this scathing review and eat our words. He will maybe meet her in Valhalla at the end of Thor 5. Yeah. And then we're left with a new Thor in love. Maybe. If you get me. But But if that was the end product... And obviously we're, we're speculating at this point. If that was the end product, there are a million and one ways you can get them both to Valhalla. Yeah. Could have made this one better. Yeah. But her acting, at the beginning of that second post credit scene, was like something from a Drag Race challenge. She was like, I mean, no one can see what I'm doing, but she was like, oh, like looking around. Yeah. And I was like, it's like the director's gone, pretend you're somewhere that's like really fascinating and magical she's like she's obviously oh stood in a oh room where everything is green oh nothing is real in that no room no idea no. what to look no. at no nothing no. to focus on no no yeah and i don't think i actually didn't like natalie portman's performance the full film to be honest either so i think she should maybe stick to the oh. more serious roles i think i disagree but i know what you mean i think that had the had her story been better developed, I think she'd have been a more comfortable fit going from Jane Foster to the Mighty Thor. But because it was so rushed into it, like all of a sudden, well, first she was dying, then she had this idea that she didn't want to die. Mm. All of a sudden, she was holding the hammer. Yeah. And there she is. There was no development, and so you weren't able to... Thinly written. Yeah. You weren't able to grow to like Natalie Portman as Jane Foster as the Mighty Thor. Yes. Agreed. So I did just want to kind of touch on something to, to finish this. Go on. So this is the most scathing MCU review I think I've probably ever given. And we don't like being this scathing no. MCU. So stop it. Please. This hurts Is us the more MCU than it hurts you. losing its shine a little bit? Oh. And is it suffering from either we can't see what the overarching narrative was is so it's like we don't know what it's building to and it feels a bit aimless because I think it does right now. Mm. Is there too much content with the Disney Plus shows? Is it like almost too much now? You know, you're getting three or four shows a year, you're getting three or four films a year, it's like... So I've got two thoughts about those two points that you've just touched on there. Mm. First, I think I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt as far as it feeling a bit aimless from our perspective, because to construct a universe, 
you have to deconstruct a universe. Very so we true. only see the building blocks. Um, and I think they even kind of write as they go, don't they? Like, they don't have an end point that they're trying to reach yet with the MCU. Well, apparently... They're just trying to grow it organically. Kevin Feige's last update said that the MCU is planned until 2032. Yeah. So that's another 10 years. Yeah. There are crumbs of where it could be going, you know. We've got the multiverse. They also reactively produce things, though, based on who gets the best reaction. Well, yeah. It's like Agatha is getting a TV show after the positive... Yeah, Yeah, they do, Um, which is true. Which I like. I like that they're able to plan far ahead, but leave it open to how people enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to shape up to be quite well. So I'm happy to give them the benefit of the doubt as far as its aimlessness goes. Because um, I like, I quite like to get lost in something. And if I know, if it's aimless, then it's easier to get lost in it. Yeah. Um, well, Comic-Con is this weekend. Yeah, and Marvel so are making maybe. a triumphant return to mm. the Comic-Con after a few years. Yeah. They're doing a big Hall H, which is the big hall where they announce all the amazing things they're only doing an hour normally they used to do two but we do now have we have D23 which is Disney's day in September so I feel like they're going to announce a load Mm -hmm. of things at Comic Con announce a load of things in September and we can't go so I'm hoping there's things I want to get excited about I want the Fantastic Four I want the X-Men and I also want us to know when the next team up film is because I feel mm. like I want like the Avengers back. Whatever want form, something to aim for. Yeah, whatever form they're going to be in because they're going to look very different to what they used to look like. But I want it to all start building well, towards something. Which brings me on to my second point of your your two kind of ideas um, regarding is it too much content? Yeah. I wonder if somewhere in some head office or boardroom somebody feels like it's too big to fail and so they feel able to pump out loads of content and it's landing a little bit too much with certain audiences particularly people like you and I who will watch all of of them yeah because for what did you call them earlier normal people (laughs) yeah um, who kind of dib in when something looks good and dib out when it doesn't it's probably working quite well for them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think there needs to be a little bit more something to Ma- give the people who watch it all. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a special episode on what Marvel release at Comic-Con. Yeah. Which is going three episodes in totally off-piste, but maybe we'll just do a a little... A bonus one for our... Patreon backers, which we don't have yet. No. Don't sign up to Patreon, we don't have it yet. No, we don't. Um, so, yes, we'll see what happens. Um, I'll probably be all over the social media with everything that's happening, so... You're way better at social media than I am. Gaze on Film Pod on Twitter and Instagram. This isn't the outro, but I'm about to get to I the outro. I was going to say, is this yeah. the outro? No. Are you going completely off piece? Yes. Yeah. Are we done? I think so. We've uh, we've rambled on for an hour and six minutes so far. So. Yeah. And that's all for this time. <laughs> <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode of Gears on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcast platform of choice. 
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at GazeOnFilmPod. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so please do feel free to drop us a message. Let us know if you like Thor, Love and Thunder. I have been Declan. You have been... I've been Ned. You have. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thank you for listening. Bye! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.